happens and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. You're listening to The Growth Show with Mike Volpe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Growth Show. This is your host, Mike Volpe. Uh, I am joined for this show by John Wall. Uh, he, uh, he's lots of things. He writes about marketing, sales, and technology at Ronan Marketeer. Uh, he's also um, has a little company or, I guess, organization called M Show Productions, where with Christopher Penn, he co-hosts Marketing Over Coffee, uh, which is probably the longest running and probably most popular, I would say, marketing podcast. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, um, yeah, you'll take that. Yeah, sure. As long as I'm saying it, you're not right. Yeah. So uh, great podcast. You should check out at uh, Marketing Over Coffee. And then uh, for his day job, he serves as the vice president of marketing at Event Hero. Uh, and he also you also wrote a book, B two B Marketing Confessions. Uh, so welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's great to be here in the new studio. And yeah. We're, uh, so we were obviously we're diving into the whole podcasting thing. Uh, we were talking about that a few few minutes ago. But uh, I actually wanted to start with the with the book uh, because I read the book and I felt there were many times where I felt like while I was reading the book B two B Marketing Confessions, I was reflecting on things that I had been through, and it was just, it was just sort of like, oh yeah, that's happened to me as well, and like oh, and one of the little tips is you have in there. Uh, there's a lot of very very detailed things, which I think is great, uh, but little things about like events and all sorts of things, but tell people about the tip to make sure that you're never without any cash. Oh, <laughs> right. This is like, this is like a, such a, it's a deep diving thing, but this is one of the little things I was like, that's a really clever idea. Uh, it's, it's actually much more difficult than it used to be. So, and it's funny, my grandmother of all people gave me this, uh, told me to do this years ago. And in that day it was, you know, you have a hidden pocket in your wallet or somewhere you stick a, have a hundred in there. And then if you lose your stuff, you can get out of uh, trouble. But in, you know, as times have changed now, it used to be on my uh, Palm Trio, you could fit a bill into the battery pack. That's and so I would have, and so that way I could lose my wallet. But if I still had my phone, I still had some cash. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I guess now you could put it behind the case in your iPhone or anything. Yeah, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's gone from the, uh, the battery compartment in the Trio or BlackBerry, right, for, for that era to the uh, between the case and the back of your iPhone or Android. It's kind of the, the new spot to, to sneak 100 bucks. So when you're on the road, you're at a marketing event, you left your wallet somewhere, whatever, you can pay the cabbie on the way home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although more and more, you know, you can pay through apps now, right? Because you could actually, you could do Uber, you could buy something in Starbucks through their apps. So maybe a little less important now, but I thought that that was one of the little tips that still sticks with me even after I read that book, which is interesting. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's funny. That book was really, um, you know, record all the pain. It's funny. It, you yeah. know, Oprah's not going to get that book. It's not going to make a best-selling list. But if you're somebody that has to market a small business from the ground up, like you've done from, you know, five employees to 100, uh, you can save yourself a lot of pain by checking that the, out. The B two B marketing confessions. It, it's a. It, it is the correct title. Like that is literally what it is. And so uh, definitely worth checking out if if you have a few war stories of your own uh, from doing marketing over the years. Uh, let's talk a little. I'd love to talk a little bit about podcasting if that's cool. Uh, do you feel like there's been a resurgence in podcasting? Because of any technology changes over the past couple of years, or what what have you guys seen with the show? Because you guys have been doing marketing over coffee, I think, since like two thousand eight. 
Yeah, yeah. Seven We're going on eight years. So, so eight, maybe wow. 2007 was seven, when we yeah. rolled Okay, yeah. Um, it's been forever. Yeah, but no, we're, we're at a huge sea change, you know. And as you know, anybody that follows tech, um, you've got Crossing the Chasm, Jeffrey Moore's book that talks about there's this huge gap between the innovators, you know, the 2005, 2006 podcasters who are willing to do a lot of work to get uh, some audio on their phone. And just now, finally, like close to 10 years later, we have things like Stitcher and integrated audio in cars. And this is making it easy enough for the general public just to download podcasts and not have to do any work. So yeah, it's really in the past six months, there's kind of this surge between Alex Bloomberg's show and Serial, uh, this thing that's just starting to get into the, the mass market. So yeah, it's, it, the day is kind of finally here. I think a big move was when uh, Apple, I forget which, which one of the, the updates it was, but one of their updates finally allowed you to just download podcasts directly to your phone as opposed to downloading them to your computer and then syncing from the computer to the phone. You just like straighten the phone, like no syncing, none of that stuff. And I feel like that was one of the things that started to lead to this big resurgence and sort of the, the new growth, the second era of growth in podcasting. Yeah, it's really, it's, you know, you can tell your, your mom or dad you know, hey, go check out this podcast, and they can probably do it. And so. they can these days they could probably do it. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, do, do, so I'll you know, there's an increasing popularity of the Tesla, right? Which is so electric car, and the interesting thing there is just 17 inch touchscreen right in the middle there, and you have a web browser there. I mean, I, you know, could you imagine someday what if every car had something like that, and then your podcast could be as popular as any radio station? I mean, I think to your point about like there, there's that's where a lot of this technology is moving. Yeah, so I'm. Mean, I, drool every time I see a Tesla going down. We are right at the cusp of something huge. We are at a crossroads and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. You're listening to The Growth Show with Mike Volpe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Growth Show. This is your host, Mike Volpe. Uh, I am joined for this show by John Wall. Uh, he uh, He's lots of things. He writes about marketing, sales, and technology at Ronan Marketeer. Uh, he's also um, has a little company or, I guess, organization called M Show Productions, where with Christopher Penn, he co-hosts Marketing Over Coffee, uh, which is probably the longest running and probably most popular, I would say, marketing podcast. I'll, um, I'll take that, yeah. Yeah, you'll take that, yeah, sure, as long as I'm saying it, you're not right, yeah. So uh, great podcast you should check out at uh, Marketing Over Coffee. And then uh, for his day job, he serves as the Vice President of Marketing at Event Hero. Uh, and he also, he also wrote a book, B2B Marketing Confessions. Uh, so welcome, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's great to be here in the new studio. And yeah. We're uh, so we were obviously we're diving into the whole podcasting thing. Uh, we were talking about that a few few minutes ago, but uh, I actually wanted to start with the with the book uh, because I read the book and I felt there were many times where I felt like while I was reading the book B two B Marketing Confessions, I was reflecting on things that I had been through, and it was just, it's just sort of like oh yeah, that's happened to me as well, and like oh, and one of the little tips is you have in there. Uh, there's a lot of very very detailed things, which I think is great, uh, but little things about like events and all sorts of things, but tell people about the tip to make sure that you're never without any cash. 
Oh, right. <laughs> this is like this is like such a, like a deep diving thing, but this is one of the little things. I was like, that's a really clever idea. Uh, it's, it's actually much more difficult than it used to be. So, and it's funny. My grandmother, of all people, gave me this. Uh, told me to do this years ago. And in that day, it was, you know, you have a hidden pocket in your wallet or somewhere. You stick a, have a hundred in there. And then if you lose your stuff, you can get out of uh, trouble. But in, you know, as times have changed now, it used to be on my uh, Palm Trio, you could fit a bill into the battery pack. And so I would have, and so that way I could lose my wallet. But if I still had my phone, I still had some cash. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I guess now you could put it behind the case in your iPhone or anything. Yeah, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's gone from the, uh, the battery compartment in the trio or Blackberry, right? For, for that era to the, uh, between the case and the back of your iPhone or Android is kind of the the new spot to, to sneak a hundred bucks. So when you're on the road, you're at a marketing event, you left your wallet somewhere, whatever, you can pay the cabbie on the way home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although more and more, you know, you can pay through apps now, right? Because you could actually, you could do Uber, you could buy something at Starbucks through their app. So maybe a little less important now, but I thought that that was one of the little tips that still sticks with me even after I read that book, which is interesting. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's funny. That book was really, um, you know, record all the pain. It's funny. It, you yeah. know, Oprah's not going to get that book. It's not going to make a best-selling list. But if you're somebody that has to market a small business from the ground up, like you've done from, you know, five employees to 100 uh, you can save yourself a lot of pain by checking that the, out. The B2B Marketing Confessions, it, it's a, it, it is the correct title. Like That is literally what it is. And so uh, definitely worth checking out if, if you have a few war stories of your own uh, from doing marketing over the years. Uh, let's talk a little. I'd love to talk a little bit about podcasting, if that's cool. Uh, do you feel like there's been a resurgence in podcasting? Because of any technology changes over the past couple of years? Or what, what have you guys seen with the show? Because you guys have been doing Marketing Over Coffee, I think, since like 2008? Yeah, yeah, Seven we're years? going on eight years. So, so eight, maybe wow. two thousand seven was Seven, yeah, rolled, okay, yeah. Um, it's been forever. Yeah, but no, we're we're at a huge sea change, you know. And as you know, anybody that follows tech, um, you've got crossing the chasm, Jeffrey Moore's book that talks about there's this huge gap between the innovators, you know, the two thousand five, two thousand six podcasters who are willing to do a lot of work to get. Uh, some audio on their phone. And just now, finally, like close to 10 years later, we have things like Stitcher and integrated audio in cars. And this is making it easy enough for the general public just to download podcasts and not have to do any work. So yeah, it's really in the past six months, there's kind of this surge between Alex Bloomberg's show and uh, Serial, this thing that's just starting to get into the, the mass market. So yeah, it's, it, the day is kind of finally here. I think a big move was when uh, Apple, I forget which, which one of the, the updates it was, but one of their updates finally allowed you to just download podcasts directly to your phone as opposed to downloading them to your computer and then syncing from the computer to the phone. You could just like straighten the phone, like no syncing, none of that stuff. And I feel like that was one of the things that started to lead to this big resurgence and sort of the, the new growth, the second era of growth in podcasting. Yeah, it's really, it's, you know, you can tell your, your mom or dad you know, hey, go check out this podcast, and they can probably do it. And so. they can these days they could probably do it. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, do, do, so I'll you know, there's an increasing popularity of the Tesla, right? Which is so electric car, and the interesting thing there is just 17 inch touchscreen right in the middle there, and you have a web browser there. I mean, I, you know, could you imagine someday what if every car had something like that, and then your podcast could be as popular as any radio station? I mean, I think to your point about like there, there's that's where a lot of this technology is moving. Yeah, so I'm, I drool every time I see a Tesla going down the street one of these days because it's just amazing what those things can do. But yeah, it's, and the, you know, it's no ads. People, because even if you buy satellite radio, you're still listening to ads. And then you know, you're the DJ. You listen to what you want, and it's you can get as niche as you want. I like. Um, 
you know, from my days as a kid, I'm a huge fan of Batman. Listening to Kevin Smith, Fat Man on Batman, is as geeky as you can get and as deep as you want to go, and you can get that anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of the the power of the internet finally brought to audio, basically, of that how, how the detail, of the content there. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about for people that are interested in in growing their company, whether you're a CEO or marketing or perhaps even sales, or whatever. For this conversation, what should every company think about podcasting? What's the right way to get started? What where should it where should it live within sort of the marketing stack of things that you can do? Yeah, well, I, you know, you're as good a person to talk to uh, as I am about this, so it'll be good, you know, interesting to hear how uh, your experience compared to mine. But audio podcast is always I put it third on the list. I mean, really, just blogging, blog posts, text gets you the best search engine juice. It's the easiest to pass along, so you've got to start over there. And then video has a higher uh, well, uh, up until now, video has had a higher probability of going viral. If something goes right, you know, it can get passed along a lot. So podcasting is pretty deep down there. Um, the trade-off is that when you do attract podcast listeners, uh, you know, you'll have them for life. If somebody loves what you're doing with audio, they're going to stick with it and they will listen to everything you do. So the numbers are not huge, but the conversion rates are just insane. I mean, for Marketing Over Coffee, we see 80% conversion rates. I mean, we have software companies that are happier to get, you know, they'll buy all the inventory we have and they know they're not going to get a ton of leads, but the majority of them will close. And so that, and that's at the end of the day, what they're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting in terms of a new way to connect with an audience. And, and you're right. It's, I would not expect the same number numbers in terms of audience size for podcasting versus blogging or a lot of the other things that you can do. But if you really, if you have a, if you have, want an opportunity to really get deep into people's brains, right. Um, then I think you're right. You're absolutely right. There's a really, really big opportunity there. Um, tell us a little bit more about for companies that might want to get into podcasting, like uh, maybe a little bit of how to get started, but also what, what are the things that you do in terms of trying to grow a podcast? What are the best ways to kind of market it? Give people some advice. You know, it's very difficult, really. I mean, the the only solid advice I can do is do great audio. Have a clear alignment of what your subject matter is with what you do. So that, you know, you want to work backwards from, okay, what are our prospects doing? And what types of materials are they looking for before they buy? And your podcast matches to that. Because it's entirely possible to do a great podcast that brings you no action whatsoever. You know, right, I mean, you right. can do great content, but if it's not related to what you do, it's not going to move the needle for you at all. So it's, it's, the, it's the classic start with the buyer personas. What are the issues that are important to them? So you're engaging them in the right level of discussion and make sure that there's some some path from there to eventually what you sell as well. Uh, but obviously don't, like a podcast just about the speeds and feeds of your product isn't going to be that effective, right? <laughs> well, and there therein lies the challenge. And, and that's that the whole art and science of all of marketing yeah. is like, um, you know, if you're if you produce toilets, you know, can you really make something that somebody wants to listen to for 20 minutes every week? <laughs> Probably not. You know, you're going to have to get creative or try something else. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest challenge. And I, really, the only thing I can say is organic growth for us has been the the best thing. I mean, we've tried buying traffic through advertising or other angles. And I think this is an area too that's going to grow though. I think once Stitcher kind of gets around to the idea that, you know, send them some money and they'll make you featured, that that kind of stuff could work huge. But up until now, there hasn't been any real simple way to grow the cast uh, besides organic. Yeah, I think it's a little hard to target people who listen to podcasts 
and have uh, a topic affinity for the topic of your podcast effectively, right? Like there's lots of ways to advertise to people, but it's hard to catch them in the right moment and for the people that are currently involved with podcasts, right? I think, you know, so your point about like if Stitcher were to open that up, that could be interesting. Or I guess, you, you know, one, you could also advertise on other podcasts perhaps, right? But it's, but I think you're right. I think the organic growth is what I hear from a lot of podcasters. It really sort of drives things. Uh, but on that topic, I, I, I assume you've, you've probably heard, but uh, so Jay Bear has a new thing that he's doing. So he's launching a marketingpodcast.com, which is meant to be sort of a directory, at least of just marketing podcasts. Um, I don't know. What do you, do you think there's going to be all these like vertical podcasting directories or they tell, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it, that's difficult to do. You know, those directories are going to have to provide some real value that people aren't going to get just from surfing through iTunes or somewhere else. But yeah, as soon as that went up, I talked to Jay. I was like, look, when do I throw you money so that I can get on the featured <laughs> list? You know, I mean, cause that is for as long as it stays hot, that's going to be a great place to get some, some action. So yeah, uh, yeah those, those kinds of directories I think can do a lot. You know, there'll be all the normal gaming around those kinds of things of people trying to get iTunes reviews and do all kinds of other silly things. And um, over the long run, the the winning content will will survive. And um, so it's just a matter of kind of toughing it out. But yeah, I can see those those verticals. I think the big one with them is if they can find a way. Of course, the problem with them is to get a revenue model that works. You know, if they yeah. can find a model that works for them, so that that they can do AdWords and kind of constantly bring in new listeners. If they're doing the work, that's okay. But if they're just kind of trying to aggregate what's already there that's a that's a tough sell yeah yeah makes makes complete sense uh now are there any what other what other podcasts do you listen to what do you find i mean you mentioned uh the fat man on batman which is not one that i had heard of uh not being as much of a batman connoisseur as you apparently but are there other other business related podcasts or other podcasts other people you think do a good job of podcasting um you know mitch joel is always cranking out stuff he does a great job yeah um, other casts that I check it, you know, of course, the um, it's funny how there's kind of this wave now of like national public radio shows, um, Planet Money, um, This American Life, things yeah. like that, that are all great um, content. Um, uh, the Bean cast with Bob Norp, if people mm-hmm. like marketing, that's a marketing and advertising cast that's kind of a five man panel, uh, meet the press kind of thing that's great. That's worth uh, checking out. But yeah, to be honest, I don't commute. I used to have an hour commute each way. And now that I'm more in the home office, I don't crank through as many casts as I used to. So I'm, I'm not my target audience anymore. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, I feel like I've gotten a much more into podcasting since uh, you know I used to live in the city and, and work and work, live in Boston and work in Cambridge. And it was a pretty short commute, um, but now I have a decent sized drive because we moved out to the suburbs, and uh, and so I've gotten a lot more into listening to podcasts. So I think I think a lot of it is sort of commute centric. So especially if you think your buyers are often in their car, it's probably a really really good thing to think about podcasting for your business. Uh, but if you think your buyers are often not in their car, then maybe it's a little less important for you. Uh, let's switch over and talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk about events. Cause I feel like, so you're, so you, you know, you run marketing at event hero. Um, uh, but even before that, I feel like you had, if you read, you know, you read your book, there's a lot in there about events and I feel like you've, um, done a bunch of creative things about events over the years. I, what's the, what's the state of the state in events? Like what, you know, what, what are you seeing in terms of the trends? Is it to bigger events, smaller events? What are the, what are the things people should think about in terms of doing event marketing and having that be part of their mix to help them grow their business? Yeah, it's a it's a great time for event marketing because event marketing is not as bad as healthcare, but it is you know about five years behind the times as far as rolling technology into the mix. 
Um, and so at Event Hero, that's a big part of what we're doing, real-time event technology where, you know, things like lead retrieval, instead of renting some huge, giant magnetic stripe reader thing, <laughs> instead of renting some kind of huge magnetic stripe reader, you can actually go and everybody on your team just downloads the app to their phone and for you know even less expense, the whole team is scanning badges. You know you can see where people are on the floor. There's all kinds of stuff going on with technology there. Uh, but I've always felt that events are the, that's kind of the last bastion of face-to-face -face sales. And mm -hmm. you just get so much more done when you actually meet people and they know that you're a real org because you can afford to have a booth at, a, at some kind of event. You know, you're not just uh, a piece of software that's been contracted off to you know five people in some other part of the world that's uh, you don't want to send your money to. So events are a great um, kind of nexus of everything that happens in business crammed into you know three insane days is always the the way it works. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on there. We continually um, keep track of everything that's moving in that space and it's always again it's there's really no better way to close deals than to get your prospects in front of you and from the flip side too um you know so often it's so difficult for people to get time away from their schedule to go get continuing education or figure out what's going on in the industry so when you get a chance to go to an inbound or some kind of event like that where you can spend a couple days and kind of recharge your batteries and figure out what's new uh, that, that's a great part of the uh, of the work week yeah. To, uh, what have you seen companies do that's really innovative around events? You know, what if somebody says, okay, we've been doing events for a few years now, but I'm worried that our program is kind of same old, same old. You know, what are the things either, you know, based on the technology that you guys have or other things that, that you see in the industry? To, uh, you know, give us some examples of, of cool, interesting ideas people might want to try. Yeah, I think um, taking more uh, time now to determine the program based um, on audience feedback before they get there, mm. you know, sur surveying the folks that are coming to the event, figuring out who they want to hear from, what they want to learn about. Nobody really does any of that stuff. You know, a lot of events just kind of presume that when you show up there, you're going to like all the tracks and you're going to find enough to keep you busy. Yeah. And I think the technology is there now that people can take get involved more before the event. Too. Yeah, I think I think that trend of trying to engage people before, during, and after, and try to, you know, obviously the event, the in-person portion of it is a day or a few days, but to try to extend that and make it a little bit more of a community and have a little bit more involvement over a long, longer time period is something I'm seeing a bunch of people doing. One of the things we did at, at Inbound this year was, the, you know, obviously we had a mobile app for the conference, but there was... Um, and there's pros and cons to this, but there was like a private social network for the conference within that app where people could post, you know, photos and texts and whatever, sort of an Instagram-y kind of a thing, um, but only for people that were at the event and actually had the a mobile app for the event. So it was a very, very tight-knit community, even though, you know, we had 10,000 people there. That's small in the scheme of the whole world or all of marketing or all of sales, right? Um, and there was a lot of activity uh, within that. And I think one of the things, you know, that I think – my advice would be for people that have an event that is decent size where you might get a bunch of activity there, see if there's some way you can get both the public benefit of people posting on a public forum like Twitter using an event hashtag, but also have a way of people interacting in a more private way uh, or a more, uh, um, yeah, I guess a more private way among just the people at the event. Because people were posting like locations of parties or like, hey, we're at this bar. We have a couple seats that are available. Like who wants to come in and like, join it? There was a lot. There was, it was it was another tool for people to kind of interact locally, um, which I thought was really, really interesting. It wasn't necessarily something we expected to happen, but it was, it was kind of an interesting thing that we saw just because that was something that was built into the app that we used. 
Yeah, that's really um, something to see the way people do that. And it's amazing to watch the back channel, you know, when you get uh, keynote speakers and things like that, the chatter that goes on on the backside of, you know, maybe they're getting cut up or maybe they're being lifted up. But that kind of stuff really adds a whole nother dimension to things. Yeah, I remember seeing, and this was not from last year, this was from the year before. So Nate Silver who's famous for uh, for 538 and predicting elections. He's also done a bunch of stuff around you know, analytics of sports and things like that too. Uh, so we had him speak, not this past year at Inbound, but the year before. And I, I enjoyed him, but I will admit that he appealed to the more analytical, Excel-centric portion of my brain than some other portions. And he was in the morning the night after like the big concert. <laughs> and I remember one tweet said, why do I feel like I'm hungover in algebra class? <laughs> Which I thought was a really interesting reaction to Nate. And so, you know, I think that you get a lot of that interesting back channel information. And and I really feel like I get a good feel for the qualitative feedback of an event just skimming through all the social posts that you see, uh, which, you know, as somebody who's, who's running the event is a good thing to be able to get that information in real time because you can actually adjust and do some things uh, to make the event better. You know, the other thing I, I don't see many events doing, which just astounds me, is Take your event and get video from the eight best sessions and once a month after the show, release them once a month. And you can just build this cadence and get an email subscription list. And by the time that eighth one drops, you're sending out an early bird uh, offer to come to the next year. It's, uh, it seems like easy pickings. Yeah, I mean, it's right. Just the people on the events team would just go ahead and do that stuff. It'd be so much easier, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just get that done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that. It's going to be great. Yeah. No, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I think a lot of times people have, take this really deep breath at the end of an event, but um, that post-conference activity is really, really important, and that constant cadence throughout the year of publishing content can really help you use the what you've done in year one to help you build for year two and year two for year three and things like that. If you can really keep that going, I think that's totally right. Totally right. Uh, now, do I have this this right? Did you think about writing a book on business and comedy at one point? <laughs> yes, that was. Uh, it, I finished B two B marketing confessions, and you know, I, it, again, the very dry topic. I mean, it, it's useful, and I didn't find it. Dry, and you find it fun to read. I love I love marketing, and that's me. Right, exactly. And so the the next thing I thought of was, you know, I, I wanted to dig more into comedy people, especially like Tim Washer, that have a lot of fun with what they're doing. And this, the problem was, the disappointment was literally after like a year of digging and research, you know, going through about 15, 20 different books, I didn't find any, you know, I, I could write a great blog post. That wow. was about it. You know, there's, it really just comes down to if you can be funny, people will like you and your, you know, your material will go further. But that's really about all there is to it, you know. That's interesting because I feel like a lot of business books there's, you could summarize them in one sentence. In fact, in fact, our COO, J.D. Sherman, uh, as a hobby, occasionally writes haiku that summarize a business book, summarize a business book. Um, but somehow they still go on for a couple hundred pages. You know what I mean? So kudos to you to taking, boiling it out of the sentence. And they're not even a blog, but that's actually a tweet, right? Yeah, yeah. That, there is. A, so you should tweet that. And then there's my book, my second book. And put it at, well, at the, you'd mentioned the blog there, the, and Ronan Marketeer to make it easier, jw5150.com is the easy URL. And there's a post up there about the book I didn't write. So yeah, there are, you know, kind of 10 things. That, at least managed to get the the uh, listicle out of it got 10 yes. uh, 10 tweaks but yeah that was as far as it went there you go uh now maybe um i usually ask people to kind of leave us with one observation or one piece of advice i will steer you in the direction of one but you feel free to answer whatever you want i, I saw something that you had written about um sort of the 
it's not it's not technology that's going to be the next step within marketing or figuring out how to grow your business, but sort of expertise. Maybe, you know, I don't know if that's something that maybe I thought maybe entering as like a last topic, but like kind of a parting piece of wisdom or parting piece of advice for people that are for our listeners. Yeah, sure. No, a huge, and I'm kind of uh, wrapping this up as a marketing 2.0 thing in that, you know, and you guys have lived this so many tools. Um, it was about being able to just monitor social media or send email campaigns, do email drip campaigns, A-B testing, all this stuff. And the next wave is going to be intelligent systems because now the service providers have all this data. They know which subjects lines work for which verticals. So why shouldn't you, when you log in, your system say, you know, okay, hey, you've been using this subject line. Why don't we A-B test against this one where the system actually improves your marketing for you based on the the knowledge that's been collected. So yeah, that's my kind of my future watch thing of look for um, prescriptive marketing, you know, not just services that can get things done, but things that actually make you a better marketer. Great. Really good advice. Uh, This has been uh, Mike Volpe with The Grow Show. And our guest this time has been John Wall of Marketing Over Coffee and VP of Marketing at Event Hero. Thanks a ton for joining, John. And I hope everyone uh, is interested. If you enjoyed this conversation, you should subscribe to our podcast, The Grow Show. And hopefully you'll be listening to us in the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.